to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White and Dr. Andre Howard. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, Leadership Matters. Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I'm Cheryl White, and I am excited today that we're going to be talking about thriving against the odds. We have a fabulous leader here who will share her story, but also just her journey from, we might say poverty, to sitting at executive tables. And so Venetia, uh, I'll say Dr. Venetia Matthews, thank you so much for joining us. Venetia is a leadership coach and an equity, diversity and inclusion practitioner. She's the owner of Sage Leader Solutions. Welcome. Thank you so much, Cheryl. I'm delighted to be here. And I am so delighted to have you here. Love to have us start with just having you maybe introduce yourself and share a little bit about your um, your leadership journey. Just, you know, like, uh, and even your educational background. I think you have a very fascinating uh, background. If you could just share a little bit about yourself, that would be sure. awesome. Sure thing. Um, so I've been a, as you said, a leadership development coach. I've been a practitioner in corporate America. So really, I feel like I help individuals realize their leadership development goals. I help organizations and uh, agencies recognize and realize their operational goals. Um, my educational background, I have, and, and you'll hear more about this just as we do this podcast, but I have a PhD in strategic management and an MBA in healthcare management. So I've got experience in academe, I've got experience in healthcare, um, and I've got experience in consulting. So I've been an executive in many different venues, and it's really lots of those things that I had to navigate and learn by myself that I would love to share today um, because I think I, I'm a lifelong learner. I love listening to podcasts. I love listening to um, other people's stories to hear how they navigated because I've all, I can always learn more. So I'm hoping that we can help the audience today, even if we walk away with one or two things that they can they can do today that will help them in their own leadership journey. Awesome. Well, I know that no one gets um, to be where you are with regards to success, where you've come from and where you've been in your journey without some grit. So uh, I'm going to start with just asking you to share, you know, um, what you've learned about grit. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's I, I appreciate that question. So when I was growing up, so I grew up in, in Zambia, in Africa, and when you grow up in a developing nation, uh, poverty is always relative because you, we were, my family was by American standards, definitely poor by developing nation standards. Probably we were upper middle, no, uh, upper lower or lower middle class. So um, what I will say is when you grow up like that, you have to develop grit. And, you know, if, if for anyone who's listening, if you haven't read the book about grit by Angela Duckworth, it is a fantastic book, really, really great book. When I read that book uh, a few years ago, I was really struck by how much it resonated with me because so many of those things I knew inherently, but I hadn't, I didn't have the theoretical framework to, to explain it that way. For me, it was about drive. 
Um, when you grow up in a developing nation, you're constantly facing obstacles, whether those are financial or emotional or physical uh, obstacles. And whenever I faced an obstacle, I was just determined to get past it. So when I when I face an obstacle, I'm looking at it and I say, okay, how do I get over this? How do I get under it? Or how, how do I get around it? Right? But the, the, the thought about stopping just because there's an obstacle never crosses my mind. Right? And I that that to me is grit. Grit is really about passion and perseverance for your goal. You're just not going to stop. You're going to stay focused and keep moving. So um, coming to the US, I decided at probably about the age of 14 that I wanted to come to the US. And the reason I did was because I knew that I wasn't going to be able to have the impact I wanted or achieve the things I wanted to do if I stayed in Zambia. The challenge was that I knew my parents couldn't afford to send me here. I and for a complete education. And I had no, you know, no support system in the US. Um, but <laughs> this falls under the category of one of those obstacles. I was just determined to do it. So um, really without hardly any financial support or uh, support system, came to the US at the age of 17 and just really have addressed one obstacle after another. I put myself through multiple degrees. Um, there were many times that I actually had to go hungry. I would say my, my MBA degree in particular was the one that was the most painful. Um, you know, at that stage of my life, I could only afford one meal a day. And I will tell you being physically hungry really shows you about drive. Um, and I have never forgotten that. And it has served me to this day in terms of empathy for what other may, other others may be facing, um, no matter what I'm facing at any given time. So anyway, um, went through multiple degrees. Uh, the, the PhD was the most difficult thing I've ever done in my life, but also very, very painful in terms of emotional kinds of things, but also the most rewarding. So uh, again, uh, within the PhD, many obstacles, right? Many chances for me to just say, I can't do it and stop. But uh, again, I was just determined to to get that degree. Uh, even just becoming a US citizen, I've been a legal um, resident of the United States since I came in 17. But that path to citizenship, um, even when you're doing everything legally and above board, it is not simple. It's not cheap. Very uh, lots of rules that are not very clear either. And and by the way, when you're going through the process and trying to become a legal citizen, you're being treated like a criminal the whole way, even though, again, I was completely legal above board, everything else. So without having that resilience, I'm not sure that I could have just addressed some of those hardships that I was facing as I was going through the citizen citizenship thing. So for me, um, my career in the US, I would say, as you said, Cheryl, um, that journey up until the executive level, all through the journey, I definitely have been a minority in most venues, but definitely at the executive table, I was almost always the only woman of color. And I was very often one of few women. So all those things, the emotional toll of being that the only, right? It it just it is it is a test of your grit 
day in and day out. And so what, what I would ask the audience, I would ask those listening is, what is your life goal? What is so important to you that you simply will not let it go? You are not going to let anything stand in your way and you're just going to go ahead and achieve it. And, <clears throat> excuse me, what I would say is, do you know exactly how your current role, your current job, your current experience is helping you towards that goal? And if you don't, it's it's time for some self-reflection because a lot of grit is really understanding strategically what you're doing and how everything, every single thing you do is contributing to that, that long-term goal. So very long, very long answer, but Cheryl, I think you're on mute. You are so right, I was. So much of what you shared um, from the drive to the passion to the perseverance uh, for the goal and even the empathy uh, that you developed around hunger. I can, um, because I know part of your story, you know, and I would love for you to even share, uh, you know, part of your story that's connected to what you did with that empathy. Um, that really, I think, um, probably in one of the organizations, at least that you've touched, has made a difference in many people's lives as relates to, you know, uh, food insecurity helping those who may have been suffering for, for food insecurity experience a experience some security, at least when they're at work. You want to share a little bit about that or not? I'm, I'm... Sure, sure. I'd be happy to. I Again, mm -hmm. I think it was a, a, at the time I was hungry, I certainly didn't mm -hmm. think of it as something that was going to help me in my career along mm -hmm. the way, right? I, I didn't see it as a way to develop empathy. At mm -hmm. the time that I was hungry, I was literally just, that is what I, Mm -hmm. That is all I could afford, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I also knew it was for a limited period of time, mm -hmm. right? I knew I was in grad school. When I got the degree, I would be able to get a degree, uh, a job and make more money. And I would, I saw the, the, the light at the end of the tunnel, right? The empathy developed in me is, again, as I said, really understand, that is not a, that is not a feeling you forget, right? That feeling of not having enough, you'd never forget that. But it also gave me empathy for those who don't have a light at the end of the tunnel in terms of their hardship, whether it's mm -hmm. hunger or whatever it may be. So in, as you said, Cheryl, um, so mm -hmm. a little bit of backstory here, the way I know Cheryl White is Cheryl has been my executive coach in some of my executive roles and an absolutely fantastic support system. And, and I would love to talk about the need for a support system. Okay. Um, so for those listening, you may be thinking, well, why does a coach need a coach? Every one of us needs a, a coach. Absolutely. But I would say, particularly if you are a woman or a leader of color, mm -hmm. your need to have a very, very safe place of support mm -hmm. is crucial. So Cheryl, being my executive coach, uh, is the, the the way we got to know each other is through that executive coaching relationship. But Cheryl knows in one of the, my executive roles, I was very aware of the fact that our some of our lowest paid employees mm -hmm. were, you know, minimum wage, barely making ends meet. Mm -hmm. At the same time, our executives were getting lunch provided at meetings right mm -hmm. and 
there's nothing, there's absolutely nothing wrong with providing lunch for executives. But my point is, why are we providing free meals for people who can actually afford to buy their own? Mm-hmm. And how do we help do something? How do we help those who are, in fact, most in need? Um, and so we did some very intentional things to try and help those who were who were in need, but also allow them to maintain their dignity, their privacy, right? Not call them out in any way, not not let them be shown up in any way at all. Mm-hmm. You want to share anything about what you did? It might be, um, I, I mean, it's really up to you. I just think it's, uh, as I'm hearing your story, um, you're allowing your empathy to not simply be um, a insight that you have as it relates to how others feel, but really moved you to compassion. And that compassion showed up within your organization. And that's, um, and I just feel like that was such a concrete um, example of empathy moved to compassion and your compassion, your compassionate leadership in that space had a rippling effect on really reducing the hunger that others were experiencing. We don't have to go into details on it, but I mean, as you're sharing, I just thought, wow, I can hear from your own story why that was so um, important to you mm-hmm. to say, how do we relieve uh, employees who come to work and they're probably hungry, uh, but they're toughing it through. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see that those who have actually receive more. <laughs> Right. And then those who don't have just continue to sometimes suffer in silence. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, rather than go into detail, here's what I would say, Cheryl. Mm-hmm. In order to find the solution that that mm-hmm. we, we ended up with, mm-hmm. it wasn't the first idea I came up with. Mm-hmm. Even this, this is a perfect example of mm-hmm. facing obstacles. As mm-hmm. I raised questions about mm-hmm. why can't we do this? How about what, what if we did this, mm-hmm. right? All I kept hearing was, but, but mm-hmm. why, but how, but, 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 but. Mm-hmm. And I would say, again, if you are trying to make a difference, mm-hmm. you're going to face obstacles. You've got mm-hmm. to be creative. And I am happy to say we did find a solution that mm-hmm. people were able to live with, that we were able to fund, mm-hmm. and it did make a difference. I will also say mm-hmm. this is part of, um, we, we will probably get to it at some point here, but one of the things, one of the responsibilities that I take mm-hmm. very, very seriously mm-hmm. is as one of the few executives of color, I have a mm-hmm. huge responsibility to speak for those mm-hmm. who are not at the table. Mm-hmm. So one of the ways in which I took a stand, I I wasn't trying to make anyone feel bad. I wasn't mm-hmm. trying to shame any mm-hmm. other executive. Mm-hmm. However, I was not comfortable getting free lunch when I knew that others were going, others who couldn't afford food mm-hmm. were getting nothing. Mm-hmm. So my stand was, mm-hmm. I am perfectly happy to have lunch provided, but you will, you will use my credit card, mm-hmm. right? I am going to pay for this. This mm-hmm. is not something the company is going to pay for. Mm-hmm. So that was my own quiet way of taking a stand against mm-hmm. what I felt mm-hmm. was, was not as equitable as it needed to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, wonderful. It, um, what comes to mind for me is Shirley Weber, who's our Secretary of State. I remember hearing her talk 
And she was like, you know, as you get privilege and as we receive power, if we use it only to benefit ourselves, we become part of the nightmare. The question was, are you part of Martin Luther King's Jr.'s um, vision or are you part of the nightmare? And when you use your, your power, your authority, your influence in ways that help others, you've become part of the vision. So I commend you and thank you for being part of the vision. I think that's a wonderful example of someone holding the door open, creating space and opportunity for others to reduce their suffering uh, through your own empathy and actions of compassion. So. Uh, thank, thank you, Cheryl. You know, one of the things I, I've heard this quote, and I, I don't, no one's been able to tell me who actually said, said mm -hmm. it, but that expression, lift as you climb. Mm -hmm. Love right? that. that is something that has become very, very important to me. We need to lift as we climb. Mm -hmm. But that that is also leadership level. Who are we mm -hmm. helping to lift? Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. How do I know who needs to be lifted? Mm -hmm. That can be a whole other conversation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would um, love to hear you talk a little bit more about it. I, I want to hear you talk about, you know, how you've actually moved forward, even after setbacks and failures. But before we do, you mentioned the emotional toll that it takes, just kind of like being the only at the table. I'd love to have us just uh, pause and, and um, give voice to that as well. So stay with us. We're going to take a break now. But when we come back, I'm going to ask Janisha just to share a little bit about, you know, maybe putting some words to that emotional toll. What's related to, you know, uh, just being the only one at the table? And then also, how do we keep on keeping on? How, do, how did you move forward even after experiencing setbacks or even failures? So please stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders inspiring solutions. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 619-453-8093. That's 619-453-8093. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is swite at neighborhoodhouse.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission to enrich lives through a continuum of education and wellness service. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum INC. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insights from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward 
earn that promotion, and get hired into the career you want and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White and Dr. Andre Howard. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Dr. Cheryl White at swite at neighborhoodhouse.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we are back with more on Leadership Matters. Delighted to be talking with Dr. Venetia Matthews, leadership coach and equity, diversity, and inclusion practitioner, owner of Sage Leader Solutions. Thank you so much, Venetia, for being with us today. Happy to be here. Yeah. Want to continue talking about thriving against the odds, you know, your movement, your journey from where you began um, as an immigrant, really, in the country to sitting at um, executive tables. And one of the things that you shared that people who sit at the table and they're the only one, there's an emotional toll. Let me just create some space to see if you might put some words to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Cheryl, the, the first thing people need to realize if they haven't experienced that already is to expect that there will be an emotional toll. I have many times been asked by my very close white friends, why why is there an emotional toll, right? They don't understand what it's like to be, I, I fill in the blank, whether I'm in a church or I'm in a uh, an organizational meeting, in a, it doesn't matter the venue, so many times I, as I looked around, I didn't see anyone who looked like me. So the, that toll can only be explained when my friends have, have, have as we have done, travels, when mm-hmm. they have actually experienced the, the inverse, when they are the minority. I've had a couple of my friends tell me they've been uncomfortable in those situations. Mm-hmm. And I have, it has been an, an absolutely fantastic learning opportunity for us because we have been able to debrief them and talk about mm-hmm. why did you feel uncomfortable? What made you uncomfortable? And, and really break that down. And then for me to say, right, those things that you're feeling, that's what I feel every day. Mm-hmm. That's what I feel have felt in virtually every uh, organization that I've worked for. Mm-hmm. So I think it's very important for leaders of color, for, for actually any leader who is the only, to number one, expect that there is going to be a toll. Mm-hmm. The second thing is, what are you going to do about it, right? Mm-hmm. This is one of those, these, this is one of those leadership obstacles. What mm-hmm. are you going to do about it? The worst thing you can do is just ignore it. Mm-hmm. The best thing you can do is build up your support system to deal with that emotional toll. So mm-hmm. obviously your personal support system, right? Everyone has a personal mm-hmm. support system, whether that's family, friends, whatever it may be. Um, you may have your faith, you may have your uh, mm-hmm. book club, whatever it may be. 
But that personal support system may not be fully able to uh, help you navigate what you're going through in the workplace because mm -hmm. they may not simply not understand the environment. Mm -hmm. So this is the reason I say an executive coach becomes so important. Mm -hmm. We need executive coaches who are in that industry, familiar with mm -hmm. that industry. Mm -hmm. They provide a huge safe space for you to, um, to go and get support. The, mm -hmm. the other alternative is to have a mentor or an executive sponsor within your own organization. And by the way, those, those are two different things. If you think they're the same thing, they are not. An executive sponsor is very distinct from a mentor. But what I will say is I've been privileged to have executive sponsors. I have never, never in any organization that I've worked in had a mentor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so, you know, I, I have to have you share uh, your definition of the distinction between the sponsor and the mentor. Executive yes. sponsor versus mentor. Yes. A mentor is someone who is going to help you learn something specific. Typically they have certain knowledge, certain expertise, certain skills that they are helping you learn. An executive sponsor may, may do something completely radically different from you. However, they're in the same organization, same industry, but the executive sponsor is your, is the person who is going to put your name, bring your name up at, at meetings where you are not present that person is going to open doors for you even when you're not in the room, right? So an executive sponsor may not have the same title as you at all, mm -hmm. but can be hugely uh, mm -hmm. instrumental. But here's the catch, right? But back to, right, we, we, we would have so much support if we had mentors, we had executive sponsors. But the point is, how do you find them? And it's sometimes, I, I just said, as a, I never had a mentor, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how... It is fantastic if you are able to find one or more of those individuals, but if you cannot, mm -hmm. again, this is where the executive coach does mm -hmm. become a hugely important part mm -hmm. of helping you deal with your um, emo the emotional toll of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so so well said, and you know, just underscoring what you said about a safe place because I think that that is um, so often what we need in order to process. You know, so, and, and I know in our relationship, we've talked more about being a thought partner. Like it's really that safe space with that thought partner to process and get it outside of our head. So one might say into our environment so we can hear our thoughts, see our thoughts and process what it is we want and how we want to um, address and move forward with something that we may not necessarily have another thought partner who we can safely process it with. So safe space, I think, just underscoring that. Uh, absolutely. And Cheryl, mm -hmm. here's what I would uh, what I would add is if if we don't deal with the emotional toll mm -hmm. of being the only, mm -hmm. this is when derailers start showing up in your, your own behavior. Absolutely. So as a leader, you're expected to to excel and you may be the only Mm -hmm. fill in the blank at the table. However, if you don't address it, if you don't have the proper techniques to deal with the emotional toll, you're going to have derailers come and get in your mm -hmm. way. So again, mm -hmm. I just go back to this is mm -hmm. why having you on that journey with me mm -hmm. has been so radically mm -hmm. helpful, right? Oh. And we were talking about very, very um, 
confidential kinds of things, but to, mm -hmm. to know I could just come and be truly be myself with you mm -hmm. made all the difference. Oh, well, I'm honored to have been there in that space with you. So, and I know when I've had those spaces, just how much they've meant to me. So you're, you're absolutely right. I think counselors need counselors and coaches need coaches. <laughs> right. And, uh, and, and because we all need that safe space. We all That's need right. that safe space to, to sit right. across us. So I'm going to um, have us just um, go back to right before the break. I said I was going to ask you to share a little about, about how you move forward, even after experiencing some setbacks or even, oh, you know what? Before we go there, I just want to say this too, because sometimes um, people bring people into the organization and they're experiencing just what you talked about, being the only, and they have pioneers. It's like the first even. And it's like, well, I keep, we keep hiring um, women of color. We keep hiring um, men of color. We keep hiring people who are different from us and bring them in, but they don't stay. They opt out. And, um, and so there does become this question to an organization, if you're really serious about helping your only in your first be successful, you know, really being able to think about, you know, what am I doing to help them feel that sense of inclusion and support um, at that table? Because um, if it's not there and they don't have a support system, then they may opt out and go someplace else, or they might necessarily may not thrive in that situation and end up not being successful. So if the intent is to help them be successful, you know, figure out how to be an ally, figure out mm -hmm. how to be even a sponsor as you're trying to help elevate them um, so that, or a mentor mm -hmm. um, or a support system in some way so that they can uh, be successful um, and achieve against the odds. Cheryl, may I, may I make a comment? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So this is where, as the person who's joining the company, mm -hmm. this is this is where your negotiation comes in. Mm -hmm. It is important that you ask for a mentor, ask them who you will have as a mentor, right? Mm -hmm. And what you're essentially trying to gauge is how similar is that mentor to you? Mm -hmm. How similar is the experience of that mentor to what you bring to the table? And you mm -hmm. don't have to reveal all within within the interview you don't have to reveal all within the organization when when you first get there certainly i know all about covering i know all about code switching i understand i've been in this country as a minority for a long time mm -hmm. so i understand the thoughts mm -hmm. the 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 lack of willingness to reveal all Mm -hmm. But when you are about to join the company, this is where asking for negotiating for, you know, will I have a mentor? Who will that be exactly? Mm -hmm. And then again, negotiating for a coach. Mm -hmm. If you recall, Cheryl, when I, um, at my, one of my executive um, experiences, when I asked for a coach, I was very specific. I said, mm -hmm. I want a female mm -hmm woman of color coach and i said if i can't if you can't find that then i would like someone who has coached female mm -hmm. women of color mm -hmm. yes right. so it's very mm -hmm. very specific i recall you're being very specific yes, mm -hmm. yes. so mm -hmm. so when you ask when you negotiate for a coach don't even just say just a coach like be mm -hmm. specific about mm -hmm. what kind of a coach mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. if your organization for whatever reason is unwilling to or unable to provide that then mm -hmm. i would say seriously consider getting your own coach right mm -hmm. 
there are so many coaches out there. Find one who is credible. Find one who with whom you have good fit mm-hmm. and make the investment in yourself because it will mm-hmm. help you. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Thank you, Venetia. Appreciate that um, additional information and, and thought. So you're moving forward. You're um, being successful. You're keeping on, keeping on, even after experiencing setbacks and failures. Your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think there's there's two things that have that have helped me move forward despite a setback or a failure. And I would say it's a, it's important also to understand just the re- reality is people who are successful, it's not that they don't have a setback or failures. It's mm-hmm. that they quickly recover. The recovery rate from a setback mm-hmm. is very, very rapid. Mm-hmm. And they are able to learn from failures and move forward, right? Mm-hmm. So again, it doesn't stop them. It just, it, and you you learn from it and you move forward. Mm-hmm. The, the two things that have helped me personally move forward after setback or failure are... Number one, having that very uh, clear support system. So in addition to my personal support system, which is my sister, close group of friends, very small, mm-hmm. but important close group of friends who I call my personal board, mm-hmm. uh, my faith, mm-hmm. and then my practice of meditation, journaling, reflection. All those things are a very, very key mm-hmm. part to me, understanding mm-hmm. and and unpacking what's going on and what may have happened that led to mm-hmm. a uh, setback or failure, and mm-hmm. then really being intentional about how do I move forward from that. But the the faith, the meditation, the positive uh, practice, mm-hmm. that is what has helped me move forward then to, mm-hmm. to, to make sense of it. The second yeah. thing I would say is um, you have to, it's like a muscle you practice. You've got to practice and develop your personal Uh, tolerance for discomfort, tolerance for learning new things and being uncomfortable. So formal learning, certainly I did that. I knew I had to do whatever I could to stand out from um, citizens, right? So I was an international student. What was I going to do to make myself stand out? I was going to be as well-educated as I could. Constantly reading and learning. I've said that, right? Um, I really, really think personal development is going to, you're going to learn so much from, you don't have to learn everything from scratch. Learn from others who have done things, mm-hmm. listen to podcasts, go to join uh, professional organizations, read a lot of books mm-hmm. and keep a journal, like mm-hmm. to, to really, really understand what has made a difference. Keep a journal. Um, and then I don't know if we have enough time here before the break, but I may come mm-hmm. back to this is uh, learning from I, I have created situations where mm-hmm. I've intentionally pushed myself into discomfort so that mm-hmm. I can learn how mm-hmm. to deal with mm-hmm. discomfort, basically. Yeah. So I, I can talk about that a little bit, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, I love that. Leaning in and learning to deal um, in discomfort. That quick recovery, you know, we and often I think we frame that as resilience. You know, how resilient are you? But, you know, and having that clear uh, support system as well as all those practices. The other thing, as you were talking, that I can just um, hear and see is the faith, that ability to look beyond what is to what's possible. I think what that is lacking, um, either in a practice or um, in a, um, you know, you know, 
do I get stuck in the what is and I can't see the what's possible? Um, and, you know, certainly um, a practice of spirituality, um, a practice of positive psychology, wherever that comes from. But really, you know, can I not? The opposite of vision is despair. And if I can't see beyond what is to what's possible, it's going to really slow down. What you talked about being necessary as relates to that recovery, and that's that quick recovery. So, um, yeah, you and want to start a little bit with regards to talking about that leaning into discomfort. Well, so I think an important part, if I can just like put the bow on mm -hmm. what you just said. Yeah. The important part is when, as you do your own practice of whether, whether it's meditation, faith, whatever it is, the importance mm -hmm. of keeping a journal. Mm -hmm. Because you are le you're learning things by yourself, but you can't mm -hmm. forget what you have learned. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So being mm -hmm. able to go back and learn from your own wisdom. Mm -hmm. I will tell you that I have as I've gone back through my my own journals in time, mm -hmm. have mm -hmm. sort of slapped myself in the face, almost been my own coach. Mm -hmm. where it's like, you you mm -hmm. knew this. You knew this. Yes. This is what you forgot. So mm -hmm. relearn the 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 wisdom. So I think an important mm -hmm. part is making time for reflection, making time to journal so that mm -hmm. you are keeping your own wisdom. Mm -hmm. And Benisha, I know a lot of people journal in different ways. So for yourself, when you're thinking about what you're going to put in your journal, what's your prompt for what actually goes into your journal? Yeah, I always look at um, what what's going on, like the current state. Mm -hmm. What am I happy about? What am I? What do I feel successful about? And then what am I struggling with? Right. Mm -hmm. what, what am I trying to make sense of? Mm -hmm. And again, the as you page back through, and in my case, it's handwritten, but mm -hmm. certainly people use their phone, people use electronic versions, people speak into a journal, mm -hmm. right? I think that the key is having a routine where you go to the journal to mm -hmm. see what you learned mm -hmm. and remind yourself. Mm -hmm. I think... Uh, um, Part of the beauty of that that comes to mind for me is that it's a um, practice of reflection. And I think we learn so much. Uh, we can be our own best teacher when we just stop long enough to reflect uh, and learn the lessons from that particular um, journey. So exactly. I absolutely uh, love that. So I think when we come back, Venetia, I'm going to have you to lean into sharing more about how you lean into discomfort. And um, and then I know that there's some other just um, lessons learned that uh, we'll get into. So please stay with us and we'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Leadership Matters is brought to you by Innovisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact Innovisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 619-453-8093. That's 619-453-8093. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is swite at neighborhoodhouse.org. Innovisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission to enrich lives through a continuum of education and wellness service. 
Trends in global business are changing all the time. It used to only be worrying about your competitor across the street, but now that competitor may be across the world. On Global Business with Mahesh Joshi, we discuss the trends in global business, plus issues and solutions that business leaders face today. Each show is guaranteed to teach you something that you didn't know before about global business. Listen live every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White and Dr. Andre Howard. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Dr. Cheryl White at swhite at neighborhoodhouse.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we are back with more on Leadership Matters. Delighted to be talking to Dr. Venetia Matthews leadership coach and equity, diversity, and inclusion practitioner, owner of Sage Leader Solutions. Love to um, have you continue to share about thriving against the odds. And I know that you were had um, introduced your own practice of leaning in and learning um, in that space of discomfort. I'll just toss it back over to you to pick up that ball and continue. Yeah, thank you, Cheryl. Mm-hmm. So I I realized probably um, somewhere in my undergraduate days that I was already starting to get a little bit comfortable, a little complacent. And so in my graduate degree and further, I started saying, okay, I need to start practicing. I need to start flexing my discomfort muscle, if you will. And I so made it, I really made it a point in, my career than when I started working full-time after my PhD, started really pushing myself to learn new things and be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So some of the things that I have tried, I tried whitewater rafting with a guide, of course, and I'm not just by myself, but it, this in Zambia, um, so there are crocodiles, right? So you really, it's, it's, not just, <laughs> it's not just that you don't want to fall in the water because you don't want to drown, but you really don't want to fall in the water because you may get eaten by a croc when you mm-hmm. get through the... Okay, now you are much more daring than me. <laughs> without the crocodiles, I mean, I'm thinking, all right, without the crocodiles, I'm thinking, oh, I don't know about that. With the crocodiles, I'm like, oh, that's huge lean in. That's a huge lead in. <laughs> it, and, but it was such a such a great experience because again, you're you're out of your comfort zone, right? You yes. you're learning from a guide. You're with people you don't know on this raft, mm-hmm. right? And the the guide is yelling out instructions and you have to trust the guide. And it, it just was a fantastic experience. Fantastic. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um I also then became a solar certified skydiver. And that was something that I wanted to do because I I knew it would be uncomfortable. But I also I have a lot of dreams where I'm flying, and I thought, okay, mm-hmm. let me let me try it. But what I because I'm, I don't know crazy or something, I said I wanted to try it the very first time. I was going to go solo, not tandem. So I had never done this before. But I at, at that time they they allowed you to. Uh, take a course and you're in the course for like 
majority of the day and then you get out there with a couple of instructors. But it's very, very clear once you exit the plane, the instructors are there with you. They are not, they're, they're um, holding onto your arm to keep you stable because you haven't learned how to fly yet. But if you fail to pull your parachute, they will not pull it for you. Mm -hmm. Right. That is one of the things, that is one of the conditions of this whole <laughs> process. So why, why are you in class all day? You're in class because you're being taught how to recognize what it feels like. But more, most importantly, once you pull the parachute, the instructors have left you, right? They have mm -hmm. to leave before you can pull the parachute because mm -hmm. it hurt them. But you're being taught how to recognize what a good parachute looks like and what to do if there is a problem. There's X number of things that could go wrong and some of them are re recoverable and some of them you have to very quickly within seconds say, I can't solve this. You have to cut away from that bad parachute and go to your reserve. Right? Mm -hmm. so all this, mm -hmm. it, it was, it was, let me put it this way. I wouldn't recommend going solo the first time because your brain is just like, what did you just do? My brain was just like, what? what? But it was the most amazing thing mm -hmm. I have ever done in my life. And mm -hmm. so after that first um, jump, I went mm -hmm. ahead and became a solo certified uh, mm -hmm. skydiver. And I did that for a little while. But I, I will say also, <laughs> the joy that I felt when I pulled my parachute, and it was a good parachute, I was mm -hmm. 5,000 feet in the air, and my friends who were on the ground heard me scream with joy because I was mm -hmm. so happy I was still alive. <laughs> I highly, highly recommend skydiving mm -hmm. for anyone. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to go solo. Just go mm -hmm. go tandem if you need. But it is a it was a great lesson, great lesson. Mm -hmm. Every single step of the way for each lesson that I had to learn, for that to get the uh, certification, yes. I could make so many analogies to what mm -hmm. was going on in my career mm -hmm. and what has gone on in my career mm -hmm. since that time. Mm -hmm. um, and then I would say one more thing that I would share is in uh, a previous life also, I had, I joined a dragon boat team and that was a really, really great experience again, because I didn't know anything about it. I had to learn Mm -hmm. it, completely new skills. You're working with a team. You're working with the new, um, the caller, the coach on the boat. Mm -hmm. And it was just fantastic. It was an mm -hmm. absolutely fantastic experience, mm -hmm. but something that I knew nothing about and then I had to learn. So again, I would say for for me personally, and, I, and one of the things I would challenge those listening is, what are you learning? Mm -hmm. How are you mm -hmm. How are you learning to deal with discomfort? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. if you are so complacent where you have been doing the same thing for so long that you're so comfortable, mm -hmm. then I'm saying, how, how are you going to help others? Mm -hmm. As a leader, you've got to have, you've got to have that knowledge of what's, what it's like to learn new things. You've got to have that comfort with discomfort, right? Mm -hmm. And so I would challenge the, the audience to, to, to ask them, the listeners to say, what are you learning? What have you most recently learned? What are you reading? Um, and how are you pushing past your discomfort mm -hmm. in anything that you mm -hmm. learn? Yeah, I, I love that. And, and I'll say, I'll share that. And as you're sharing, I'm hearing like all this and I'm thinking of the trust you have to have in yourself, the trust you have to have in others um, in, in all of that learning. My husband actually skydives. That's, he did it in the military. He continues to be like, 
I always say, as long as it's a good plane, I ain't jumping out of it. <laughs> but, but <laughs> and I and I can hear and see, you know, his excitement and value. Although I will say that he has stopped. He said if he ever had to use his second parachute, I guess that's the reserve you're talking about. Like that was gonna be his last jump. He had to use it once and when he used it. He had made a commitment to himself. If I ever have to use it, that's my last jump. And once he had that experience, he didn't jump any longer. But but he did for a long time, and it was something that he really enjoyed. Um, and I hear your message of leaning in. Like, what is that space that we can put ourselves in so that we can experience new growth, new learning, a deeper level of trust, um, trusting in others, and... Um, and in each of those learning experiences, really tuning into um, not being complacent and kind of pushing ourselves beyond the limit to that next space. So, no, I appreciate your sharing that. And now I'm even more in awe. <laughs> I was already in awe of you. Now I'm even more in awe of you. <laughs> well, well, so Cheryl, this comes back to that journal, the reflection and the journaling after uh-huh. those kind of activities becomes mm-hmm. huge, right? Don't yeah. just do something to yeah. check the box mm-hmm. go and go back and and talk about think about mm-hmm. what did i learn how mm-hmm. did i work through a particular situation whatever it may be mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah so tell us another lesson you've learned speaking of lessons learned <laughs> what, yeah, what's some lessons you've learned in your journey so one one of the other things i would say is for me uh relationships matter mm-hmm. relationships mm-hmm. are a huge part mm-hmm. of your impact as a leader doors open because of relationships right like we're on this podcast right now cheryl because you and i knew mm-hmm. each other once upon a time mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's because that relationship has made mm-hmm. we've maintained that relationship mm-hmm. that we're having this podcast today mm-hmm. um there there are studies that show people don't hire people that are the most qualified they hire the hiring managers hire people they like mm-hmm. that has happened to me very specifically in mm-hmm. at least a couple of my jobs i was mm-hmm. hired over someone who on paper far outranked me they were mm-hmm. far more qualified for that position mm-hmm. but my the hiring manager saw mm-hmm. in me something mm-hmm. so had more of an affinity with me even through the interview process and that's why they hired me mm-hmm. so when i say rela- uh, relationships matter that has been true in my own experience in the us and in my career to a huge degree. When mm-hmm. I showed up at 17, right, mm-hmm. uh, having to put myself through school, I the very first job I found on campus, I got because I went to thank the director of admissions because he had done some things. He had written me some um, things mm-hmm. when I was still applying that were very, very helpful to me. And I went to, to say thank you. And the process of that conversation t- of me thanking him ended up with him offering me a job. Wow. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those doors that open because you have a relationship are huge. So mm-hmm. when I was saying earlier, right, it, it, it's important that we lift as we climb. It mm-hmm. is something personally for me that I have had, I, I have always mm-hmm. been committed to lifting as I climbed. But mm-hmm. um, I, I'm not about to lift someone if there's no real relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So 
the question again becomes, how do mm-hmm. you make a, an authentic connection with others? How mm-hmm. are you doing that in the workplace? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so many times I go to a, a, a work event and mm-hmm. people are networking mm-hmm. in in the classic way that we think about. They're going from, like a, like a bee, they're going from flower to flower to flower and just collecting honey, collecting pollen, right? Mm-hmm. That's not networking. Networking mm-hmm. is not collecting business cards. Mm-hmm. Networking is building a relationship. How many of the people that you speak to at an event will remember you, will remember something about you? That is a relationship. Mm-hmm. If you cannot build relationships as a leader, your mm-hmm. team is never going to believe in you. Your team is never going to trust in you. And Cheryl, you do specifically mm-hmm. a lot of work in this space, right? Around mm-hmm. leadership mm-hmm. and trust. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I, I'm sure you can add much, much more to this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Relationships are huge, huge. Mm-hmm. And yeah. again, if if we are not feeling, especially if you're an, if you are the only, it is even more important that you have good relationships in the mm-hmm. organization. Yeah. No, that's such a powerful sharing. And you know, I can remember a study many years back where. They asked a group of um, of uh, people of color who were applying for a position, actually going in, uh, when they're going for an interview, like what's in their mind? What's the number one thing they're trying to make sure they solidify? And then they asked their white counterparts the same question. And what was interesting is that overwhelmingly, the persons who were of color stated that they were, you know, they were going to um, solidify that they're qualified for the position, that what's on the resume is, is you know, a reflection of what they can share as relates to their qualifications and so on and so forth. Their counterparts that were white, they were doing just what you said. And that was in their mindset, they were going in um, wanting to make sure that they mm-hmm. left the impression that they'd be a, a a great person to work with, that they'd have good connectivity, that they were really going to be the ideal team player and mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. So it's a completely different um, mindset. And I think sometimes we forget that if we're going in for the interview, they probably already know you're qualified. Um, and the relationship starts in that moment with regards to do I show up as someone who not only is qualified, but do I show up as someone who others want to work with? And um, and that relationship um, continuing as relates to developing that trust and credibility, and uh, so that others feel you have their best interest, the organization's best interest, and so there's that mutual um, interest uh, that you're driving forward. We're going to go to um, commercial break, but when we come back, I know that you are um, just a wonderful um, vessel of positivity. Thank you to our listening audience for tuning in. If you, if you have topics you'd like to hear, please feel free to send those to Leadership Matters Questions at Innovisions.org. And that's Leadership Matters Questions, no, um, no spaces in Innovisions, I-N-N-O-V-I-S-I-O-N-S.org. So please join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. or download the podcast at your convenience on demand. And until next time, keep on keeping on informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Thank you again for tuning in. 
Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White and Dr. Andre Howard is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter.